You're listening to This QPOC Life, a podcast that looks at the world through the lens of a queer person of color. We strive to be a safe and inclusive listening space for queer people of color. We also have a variety of views and opinions. Please leave comments on our website, thisqpoc.life, on our Facebook page, or send us a tweet at thisqpoclife. Help us build this QPOC community. While you're at it, make sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcast and Google Podcast. Just search This QPOC Life on your fave platform. There is an entire ballroom scene going on behind me. I'm doing the bird box. The bird box? <laughs> Don't forget to check out our Patreon page. For as little as a dollar a month, you can become a patron of This QPOC Life. And you can invest in this podcast and help us to continue to create quality content by and for Q. T P O C. Y'all are yes. a mess. Yes. We're having a Jesus now. It's true. Hello, 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 everybody, and welcome to yet another fine hour of this Q Pog <laughs> The life. Shade Hour. The Shade Hour. <laughs> We're just going to fireside chat. A fireside <laughs> chat. Oh, speaking of the Shade Hour, did y'all see that um that new Marvel X Men character? She's a drag oh, yeah. queen. No. What? Yes, she's Her inspired by. Shade. Yes, just Shane. And she Teleport she travels. Yeah, she yeah she travels through oh, shadows. No. It's Wait a, a second. Lot, but... And she's inspired by Dax, Shay Coulee, Monet Exchange. Who is the artist? And um, who came up with this? I don't know. It's not Stanley. Oh, I forgot his name. Not right. Stan- oh, he leaves oh. the helm. Oh, damn. Got it. Well, I'm Jonathan, aka Blasian FMA, everywhere on the internet. He, him, and his. You may call me Jolie, and that is how you will find me on the internet. And my pronouns are they, them, theirs, and... Oh, here we go. Oh, Aquaphor. Because <laughs> you got to stay moist. <laughs> because what we're not doing... Is showing ashy is being elbows. crunchy Thank on you. these streets. Hello. Thank you. And my name is Carlos Rios, and you can catch me online at Trey Fabulo. My pronouns are whatever you want. I really love herses. And you can also refer to me as Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Do we have the rights? <laughs> Hi, I'm Emma Stone's body double. <laughs> Zachary Aris. You can catch me online at, at Zachary Aris or at Anime Wrong. Um, my pronouns are he, him, his, she, her, hers, they, them, theirs. It's all good. And this is This Q-Pac Each week, we like to take a moment and find out from each of our panelists, how you doing? So, you know what? Tonight, who are we going to start with? Um, um, uh, JoJo. I always start. Oh, okay. Um, uh, it's in the thing. Oh, Carlos. Carlos. First. So, Carlos, I, well, I, I didn't follow know the if stage we directions. Because otherwise, I'd be second and that wouldn't make. Okay. <clears throat> anyway. This is the most scripted we've been in a while, y'all. How are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) How are you, Carla? So I am doing well. It's been a crazy week. Um, I feel like I say that a lot. We've got a lot of big changes happening at the workplace. And one of the things that happened, which was this really sort of awkward moment. So um, I may have been harassed at the office. That's HR of HR? Hold on. Wait, what? No, but not really. It was so my old boss who just came back from being away uh, from leave of absence for a couple of uh, months was cleaning out his desk and he found a fan, like one of those like hand fans, like a, you know, a thwat fan. Mm-hmm. And he left it on my desk and on on top of the fan, he put a post-it note and it said, I'm a fan of yours. And I came back to my desk, like, and this was, this happened earlier in the day because I didn't get back to my desk. I had meetings all morning. I didn't get back to my desk until like later in the afternoon. And then I saw something on my desk. I was like, there's something on my desk. And then I walk over and I see this fan and I was just like, this is weird. Like, and so then I just didn't do anything about it. And I didn't think anything about it. I just thought it was odd. And then later I was telling my new boss and she was like, 
do you feel harassed? Do you feel uncomfortable? Are you okay? And I was like, uh, I'm fine, right? And then later that week, my old boss and I had a meeting with the head of HR for the whole company. And he had mentioned very casually, like that he had left me a present or something. And I was just like, I think visibly uncomfortable at that moment, because I was like, I didn't want to talk about this. And he picked up on it because then later today we had a meeting with some other folks and he had brought up this whole thing. He was like, yeah, you know, I think I harassed Carlos this week. And he said it out loud in front of our peers. And I was like, um, this is just bizarre world. Like, why are we having this conversation? It was hell awkward. It, it sounds weird because it sounds like he recognized at one point that you were uncomfortable. And then maybe at this final meeting, it was an example of like, you know, I don't know what HR people do in HR rooms, but like. He he like he like in the used your trauma as a way to like make a point yet again in a yeah. meeting probably about harassing people, right? Well, it wasn't about harassing people, but it was just a, another like leadership meeting we're having. So, but it was just so weird. This has been a funky funky week, but but it doesn't really matter. Uh in terms of my health, this keto life journey, we continue rocking and rolling. I think last week I was down 26 and now I'm down another pound, some 27 pounds. Even down. after the cheating? Even after the cheating, ladies and gentlemen, it works if you work it, honey. That's all you got to do. And then lastly, um, I've had some dating misadventures recently. So I had a guy ghost me on Sunday, Mm. which was really terrible and awful because we have been like, you know how you meet people online and then you like eventually graduate to texting and then like, you know, you're supposed to meet. Well, we never ended up meeting. Well, clearly, um, because... We weren't able to meet before the holiday. Then the holiday happened. Then we were supposed to meet up. And then it, we were supposed to meet up on Sunday and like complete radio silence with this guy. And I'm just like, are you kidding me? Like after all this texting and we even had each other on Facebook. So it wasn't like, oh, you know. Before uh, you met. Yeah, exactly. So Did you unfriend him? Uh, Yeah. Oh. Yep. But what if he comes back and it's like, hey, just been really busy over the holidays. You better have been dead or dying, honey, because we made plans and then you have completely ghosted me. So mm. uh, we don't have time for that in 2019. Nope, so any of that sorry about it. Please um, come with credibility. So credibility. getting rid of toxic people and getting rid of fuck boys early on into the new year is part of my self-care. Leaving you on red. Mm-hmm. I am leaving them all on red, honey. Speaking of being on red. How are you doing, Zachary? I love these. Goodness. <laughs> I I didn't like that transition. <laughs> I do feel harassed, and I will be talking to my so HR head about it. Carlos is the HR of this <laughs> To myself at work? How does that work? So essentially when the four of us go into a meeting later, then you'll be like, oh, yeah, I may have harassed Zachary. <laughs> um, but I don't give a fuck because I'm HR. Not one fuck. Um, <laughs> Kali, uh... On Sunday, it was um, quite a syzygy in the sense that there was an alignment of all these different concepts. A syzygy? A syzygy. Syzygies and alignments. Um, I feel like that's a drag name waiting to happen. It is. I already reserved it on Instagram, and I keep trying to tell everyone I'm doing it. Wait, what's the name? Syzygy? Syzygy. So I thought that, like, is it another Filipino drag name? Because, like, syzyg? No, no, no. Uh, Syzygy is an astrological term that implies a alignment of three different heavenly bodies. Oh. Somewhere out there, Rafi is living for this conversation. Rafi is living <laughs> to be mentioned every week. Oh, <laughs> oh man. Um, anyway, it was quite a syzygy in the sense that, like, when I cut off all my hair after the surgery, I decided that I was going to get a tattoo in Michigan. So I was going to go get one, and I went to these two different tattoo parlors, and they were both completely booked up on a Sunday. And so I was like, okay, well, I'm going to go to the third one. And as soon as I was about to walk in, a friend of mine, Topher, messaged me and another friend. and was like, hey, I really want to go get a tattoo. It's been 10 years in New York, and so he wanted to get this tattoo to commemorate that. And I was like, wow, that's quite a sign, the third thing. So anyway... Uh, I land in New York, and then on last Sunday, it was Three Kings Day. Three Queens Day. Three Queens Day. You were on that episode. Because we are decolonizing Three Kings Day. I love that. Smashing well, the patriarchy. The three of us went down to this tattoo parlor, the third tattoo parlor I had been in. It was on one, two, or uh, what was it? Don't give them the address. No, 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 no. I'm trying to think of the date. January 20... Wait, no, is it 2018 It was yet? less no. the 6th. No. <laughs> it was the 2nd. Oh, I'm tired. No, it was not the 2nd. It was the 6th. Uh, okay. 
So um, we, we already established it was on Three Queens Day. We know that's the six, honey. Okay, well, any hoosers. So it was a huge sign of all of these threes coming together. And so I got a tattoo and I live for it and I cannot wait. Like, what is the tattoo of? Where is it? I. For the listeners. Oh, for the listeners. What? I was like, damn, Jonathan, you see it? <laughs> the listeners um, don't see it. I got it right on my forearm. Oh, I spit on myself. I got it right on my forearm. It is, I got this little drawing of the um, the brightest star in Aquarius, and I want to get um, an entire, like, the entire constellation. Um, Some children see him lily white. <laughs> Some children don't see me, Lily White. <laughs> <laughs> Ever since you got your hair cut, now it looks like you might be a brother, so. Damn. Any, any hoosers. So um, while I was getting, I was really worried about the pain, but then I was like, you know what? Like, I've had blood drawn a billion times. Mm. Like, this is going to be fine. So the tattoo artist was doing it. And then at first, I didn't feel anything. Then I was like, okay, I feel the scratching. But all of a sudden, I guess it's like acupuncture where all the endorphins rush to one area. And all of a sudden, I was like, oh, I love this feeling. This feels so incredible. And also, my the tattoo artist looked like Dave Navarro. And he had, like, tattoos and piercings and really dark hair. And he was really broody. And I was just like... Like, it felt so good. I was just like, oh, daddy. But then I caught myself right as the daddy part came out. So I didn't say that to him. He was a, a father. I digress. Um, besides, like, the tattoo, I've realized after uh, last week's episode, Jonathan, where you were talking about Marie Kondo again and about the Netflix series. She has blown up over the past She week. certainly has. She has her moment. And I realized it is so important when your friends recommend something to you, write it down. Because they are not just coming to you to brag about something that they've partaken. They are sharing a bit of information with you that they were moved by. They mm-hmm. wouldn't bring it to you otherwise. So it is important to do that. Since then, I have listened to two other friends beyond you, which I watched Marie Kondo's thing. I listened to um, another one of my friends, Amanda, who recommended that I listen to or watch the Netflix series uh, Salt, Acid, Fat, Heat, which is about incredible. It's about, uh, Asian cooking? No, no, no. Well, she's um, she's Iranian American. Okay. But um, she goes to four different regions of the world mm. to talk about the four. She wrote a book. She used to work at uh, Chez Panisse. Um, she's a very known chef and author, and her book Salt, Acid, Fat, Heat describes the four different um, components of any dish and a comp- and a complement of all four of them make the perfect dish. So um, in it, she for fat, she goes to Italy. For salt, she goes to Japan. For acid, she goes to the Yucatan. And then for heat, she goes right to her hometown of Los Angeles and cooks her own food mm-hmm. and her like Iranian. It's so, My mom really so good. Salt, facet, fat, acid, heat, not salt, acid, fat, heat. It is so good. And she's like quadlingual. She's super cool. So like genuine. She's great. So thank mm-hmm. you, Amanda, for that. The other one um, was my friend Dennis, who recommended I listen to Eric Whitaker's song, When David Heard, what? which that... is a 17 minute. I thought you already knew about this song. I did not. Jonathan. How do you not know about I this song? I did not. Jonathan. It's, the be- it's one of his best works. Let me tell works. you. Dennis was like, listen, because Jonathan to it. loves that. It's one. 18 no, minutes. I do. It's he was like, it's 18 it's minutes, in but you got to do D minor, and they sing a, a girl. It's, you have to do this. You have to put your arm on the piano to play that chord that they sing. Oh, oh my it's God. crazy. I he was like, go home, turn off your lights, plug it in, and listen to it. It is one sentence, one passage from the, the Bible. Bible. Just but the thing sentence. is, it's probably gay too. No, it's not because it's about Absalom. Yeah, it's about his son. Yeah, but you know what? It's about. It's about. What the song is about, it's about... The seven stages of grief. Yeah. Well, yeah, it is. Yeah, you really hear that full progression. And, and sorry, the most important part is that it tells you, like, I've even though song. families can, like, like, grow apart and you may disagree with your family at times, if you can, just realize that, like, your family isn't always going to be around. And so building that... Re- you know, sometimes you have to rebuild relationships and friendships in life because we're not going to be here forever. So it was super powerful, super beautiful. And then I got in a fight with a white woman on the subway. How about you, Jonathan? Okay. Well, I want to. <laughs> I said to, to her, <laughs> "What did I say, Carlo?" Maybe you shouldn't say what you said to her. On I would not either. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no no no. Well, 
I did call her a white devil on my Facebook caption, and a friend of mine reported it, but whatever. Um, <laughs> der. Um, but I did say to her, why are you so mad you looking like Lady Gaga? You already won the Golden Globe. Mm. <laughs> okay, well, going from that to my self-care, uh, I will, I will uh, add an annotation that you should also go out if you like choral music. Listen to when David heard it is like fourteen. Oh minutes my now. god, it is so good. Sorry. Uh, uh, and I was just talking about Eric Whitaker. I didn't know that like he divorced his wife a few years ago. Also, he's available. I don't see why you would want to follow that. But um, he uh, did a recent choral yeah, piece called way, "It's Like uh, Hurt" oh, or something, sorry. and the lines are like, "I hurt myself today." Something, something. And I was like, inch, "Wait, what's it's going the nine on?" Inch nails. Yeah, so I didn't know Thank that that was. Thank you for knowing that. You're welcome. Oh, know do you know why I know it? Because Johnny Cash covered that song, and I was yeah. like, and everybody, no, me because this. everybody thinks it's a Johnny Cash mm. song. It's an Iron Shield song. It's, yeah. not as, it's Trent Reznor's writing. He's an incredible songwriter. Yeah. Trent And you also need to listen to Our Lady J's version of that song. Because oh. It's one of the best. And we've sung it a few times. I probably would listen mm-hmm. to that instead. It's you incredible. You get the whole crew together. Yeah. Well, so that I started adds. back uh, to Core Rhythm Fitness. I had stopped in October because we were getting we were ramping up for the PAO. Uh, core Rhythm Fitness, as you will remember, especially especially if you follow me on Instagram, is a thing that I get up at 6.30 every morning Ooh. to go to so- on a train to Soho and do a high-intensity interval training workout where I'm sweating my ass off. Look, y'all, World Pride is in um, People June. get ready. People get ready. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming <laughs> to New York. We're like, hey, so soon, soon in his going loin. Home. They'll be going to my home, honey, because I'm hosting. And not Jesus, but hey, <laughs> but, um, but um, yeah, so that's coming up, and I really need to get in shape. I'm, You know, that's a battle for me because, you know, on one hand, I want to be like, fuck it, I want to eat the fries. But then another, t- another part of me is like, you need to be disciplined. And then a third part of me is like, fuck discipline, like live your best life, girl. So I, but right now I'm deciding that I want to have a six pack and maybe it'll happen. Um, but who knows? So now I'm waking up early every week or every morning and I'm super tired, but that's a good thing because usually I go to bed at crazy hours. Um, and yeah, that's basically what's going on with me. Uh, the podcasting work and on the side. Your skin is looking. Oh, so, oh yes. yes, the results of so self weeks sure. ago. These Korean beauty products, you know, they're they're working out, and I'm I'm happy for it. I get they to are? go. Well, I've got other people. <laughs> wow. coming, so. I don't know where you started from. Well, maybe we if you pay attention before? to the podcast. Um, well, I had to unfollow you on Instagram because you're always posting those thotty like Instagram stories <laughs> late at night. You told me to unfollow you. That's true. All right, I do so, follow you though. That's I tagged you on something earlier. You could have just you did mute. You know, yeah. I don't like doing that. Anyway, so that's me. How about you, JoJo? I'm doing rather well. But before I begin, I do want to say a quick apology uh, to our trans listeners because last week. Um, when I said um, by and for QTPOC, I said like because cute to pock doesn't quite roll off the tongue. And um, after listening to that, I heard Jonathan sort of like catch us um, and, and say uh, um, not that we want to be excluding it, it, it. You said something to that effect. And so if in that moment saying that made you feel invisibilized, I just want to. Um, accept responsibility for that. No one's called me out on that, but it is something that just hasn't sat right with me since last week. So I want to own that and apologize for that. And I will be more conscientious moving forward. Take note, Kevin Hart. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But uh, this week has been incredible. I've been living my best music life this week. Oh, yes, you have. Hashtag this studio life. Um, it's been. It has now been a week since I, I released "Sweet Love" on Everybody the internet. Everybody better have listened to it or uh, downloaded it. Was it was really. It's really good. It's on Thank all platforms. Yes. I also, bought it. All the platforms. Also, you can I was, buy it. I was at Dwayne Reed mm-hmm. the other day, uh-huh. and they were playing me Anita Baker version, <laughs> and I was like, "This is a sign." Right. <laughs> Maybe we That's just distribute incredible. it to like queer stores and just have them play it. Right. Yeah. Big oh. marketing. Oh yeah! Oh, Big Booty Bread Co. See, these are the ideas that I need. What is that, that place? It's you on twenty third. Yeah, you ain't never Big been to Booty Big Bread Booty Bread Co. Co. Yeah. Oh, we got it. We got to make a trip. This cute, these Q-Pac excursions. All I can Let's do is that out. look at it because yeah. I can't fucking <laughs> see anything. Right. <laughs> uh, so, anyway, so your music's out. Uh, I'm. I think I'm gonna cross three hundred uh, Spotify streams Amazed. tonight. I've definitely crossed um, three hundred and fifty streams in general. 
Um, I don't have access to my Apple Music stats yet, which makes me a little crazy because I applied for the for approval last week and it still hasn't come in. So I'm like, give it to me. Uh. Um, and then just like sort of like serendipitously, um, the hashtag I am non-binary was trending on Twitter the other day. And Syzygy. Syzygy. About that? And I, I jumped on it and I, I you know, told my, my little story in a few tweets and um, found a bunch of other non-binary artists mm-hmm. and recording artists. And I discovered somebody named Marina. I've been tweeting about her all day. If you go and check her out on... Well, she she uses she and they, so I will re- revert to they. Um, their music is fantastic. They just put out an album at the beginning of the new year. Love it. Um, and it was just really great connecting with somebody else who's non-binary and putting music out and just non-binary people finding each other and trying to support each other and lift each other up because it's hard enough being a queer artist throw being non-binary on top of that. Oh, my God. Then I was in the studio twice this week. All right. And... Uh, my friend Justine, who you'll be hearing some music from in the next couple months, we were at a late night studio session. We were there from like nine until midnight the other night. And then I wasn't supposed to show up on Thursday morning for the piano session, mm-hmm. but they didn't have the files with them to do the piano recording. So Justine calls me and said, can you get down to the studio because we need the files? <laughs> so I hopped in a car, got down there, and I was like, oh, this is the first time I've gotten I've been called to the studio in an emergency. That's cool. Um, and it's just it's been really, really great. And I am now caught up on the rent for January. Hey. Come on, rent. And this is folks. this is since June. The rent has been paid yes. with art. And Look that's pretty funny. Oh my cool. god. You're living the dream. I'm trying. <laughs> You're doing better than some other people that don't even try at all. Uh, do, oh. Oh. Mm. That part. Mm. Thank, thank you for that. That's what I told. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank That's you. what I told someone the other day. Um, not to derail, but I'm in a keto Facebook group, and someone was like, "Oh, well, I did an epic fail today because I ate the wrong thing or whatever." And I was like, mm-hmm. "No, an epic fail is you didn't try at all, right?" Mm. That's True. the epic fail is True. you're living in a certain lifestyle that's keeping you sick yes. and fat and unhealthy. The the thing is you have to get yourself out there and you have to do it and you have to do the work and you have to try. And yeah, you're going to like slip up and bruise your knee or whatever, but you got to get back up. Yep. And keep on ketoing on yes. or, or musicking on yes. or whatever it is that you on do. on. So that is a word for you, Jojo. That is a word for listeners. I don't know why. I just felt like I needed to give that specific word. So you out there in listener land, you needed that. You needed that. All right. Well, all right. So coming up later in this episode, after the break, we're going to be talking about Broadway and representation. We're going to talk about Trump's border wall and refunds, as well as uh, the idea of allies or even just communities signing off on permission slips for other communities. Uh, And we've got some listener mail. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Yay! Yay. Can I get a refund on this whole administration, please? (laughs) Kremlin clan. I, I ordered a Krispy Kreme, uh, not a Kremlin clan. <laughs> All right, and then it's JoJo Brink. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, so it's time to get into the tea for this week. Ooh, yes. A little bit of sugar, because we've got some sweet news up front. No, we got splendid drops, honey. It's Ooh, okay. Yes, because <laughs> for those of you on the on the keto on this keto life, Splenda, or maybe you prefer the stevias. Thank you. But it's all sweet because. We have a celebration this week. What? Because for the first time in in the history of the musical Wicked on Broadway, which is like fifteen years old, or fifteen something. something. I saw I saw this play when I was a junior in high school, 
and I saw the original cast. And this is the first time that Judy Glenda, Garland? No. Judy Garland. And this is the first time that Glenda, who was originally played by Kristen Chenoweth, mm-hmm. is now being played by a black woman. Yes. yes. Her name is Brittany Johnson. Brittany she, Johnson. She steps into the role on January 10th. Um, and, and this is awesome because part of my frustrations when I was when I was still trying to audition for the Broadways is that there are not there were not a whole lot of jobs for Child, people you need of to get color. back into it now. Well, we'll see what happens because not only is it for people of color, but they're looking for. I mean, uh, you know, this is this is checklisty and tokeny, but mm-hmm. look, Whatever. they're looking for non-binary. They're looking for Everybody non-gender knows. comfort. They're looking for trans. I say you get back in it. Jump on in. Uh, so we want to say congratulations to you, Brittany. Um, there have been people of color in every other principal role. In Wicked, Elphaba's been a black woman. Um, Fiera's been uh, Tay Diggs played Fiera for a couple a couple minutes, um, but uh, Brittany is the first Glinda, and the and like considering the uh, the uh, the Wicked itself, like that's a POC story. It is. That's Wicked. Very much Wicked a POC is ultimately story. about racism. Yeah. Like which is about with the animals and all that stuff and how they're trying to silence them. Yes. And like just think if Galinda and Elphaba were black. Then you get this so no spoilers if you plan on seeing Wicked though it's been out 15 years what are you waiting for? Um but then I also call out my own privilege of living in New York. <laughs> we're going down a long road here. Anyway, listen to the soundtrack. You'll get the. Soundtrack. But everybody knows the story ends. These because these, it starts right because it's the be- Wizard of Oz. Right. So, but like, think just two people of color that have one is like radical and runs off and becomes a wicked witch of the West, mm-hmm. and the other one is basically shucking and jiving for the white folks and basically. Uncle Tom. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So congratulations, Brittany. You better kill it. Nail those top notes, honey, because Glinda sings some high Right. Notes. People don't think black folks can sing like that. Oh, and oh my gosh, was I I saw this girl. She I think she sings at the Metropolitan Opera, this this black soprano. Oh my gosh, she has the most stunning pure voice I have ever heard. Oh, if somebody can find her for me. Yeah. Oh, oh black black legit sopranos are incredible. Kathleen Bell. Kathleen. And knowing is half the battle. <laughs> Speaking of knowing is half the battle, we'll be right back. And we're back, and it's time for my favorite section of the podcast when we have it, and that is our Bloop of the Week. Bloop. So several weeks ago, there was a GoFundMe started for some very terrible and racist purposes. There were some white people, of course, from the state of Florida, of course. Of course. Who decided that. Who live so close to the border. Who live very close to the United (laughs) States southern border. Who decided that if our government wasn't going to fund and pay for the southern border wall along the, mostly along the state of Texas, um, that they were going to raise one billion dollars. One billion dollars. One billion dollars. (laughs) And... They started a GoFundMe, and over time, oh, they it, raised some money. it raised a lot of money. In fact, it got up to $20 million. $20 million. Including some very large donations. I believe there was one anonymous donation put in for like $50,000. So like... Again, it showed it. It's it shows a lot of things. It shows the power of co- cooperative economics, but it also shows that in this country, there are people who are willing to donate a lot of money for something that divides us rather than something that would unite us. Yep. Twenty million dollars could fund lots of things, like after school programs, or help. I don't know. Clint get help clean, clean get water. Clean water. <laughs> or. That I was going to say pay off the government workers, but that's 800,000 people and 20 million divided by 800,000 is like $2 a person. But ultimately, 
they had a deadline to reach by this weekend in order to reach their billion dollars. And I'm happy to report that they didn't hit it. And as a result, guess what happens, kids? Everybody gets their money back. All right. So fuck your Ojima. Cooperative economics. But can we just talk about how, how, like, yes, is $20 million a lot of money? Yeah. Yes. But it's just like, it makes, it just makes you have to think, like, how important is this wall to people really? If they didn't, like, they fell short of their goal by $980 million. You know what I mean? Participated. How many people participated with? Donations as high as fifty thousand, excuse me, each. Um, I'm not sure. It, it's because it's going to get taken down. It's going to get taken down. It's it's very strange to me. The only thing that I really have to say about any of this, and it's probably not even to do with the actual GoFundMe, but more because we probably won't get to talk much about the wall or Donald Trump, and that's fine with me. But look, folks are out here that they're not getting their as of today, the day that we record this, the government workers are not getting their paychecks. They got paychecks with zero Zero dollars. Like, why did y'all even bother to print a check with zero dollars? That's wasting money right there. But look, people I've seen on Facebook and social media, some like someone's waiting something out so long to try to twist the narrative to say that it's the Democrats' fault for not like giving it. And this is the comparison that I feel like was very appropriate uh, to on someone's Facebook page. I said, what if you were at a restaurant and some crazy person in your friend's circle, so they're not directly your friend, but they're someone your friends know, and they said, I'm going to pay for everybody's dinner tonight with my ex's credit card. And then the credit card gets declined. And, like, are you going to jump up and be like, no, I got this? No, you said, oh, all, the other factor is that you know that this person does have the means to pay mm-hmm. everybody's mm-hmm. dinner b- because they made the claim and you know that they're also rich. Like, who's going to jump up and be like, okay, well, I'll pay for the dinner? I never said I was paying for this dinner. Right. So it doesn't make me look crazy for sitting here with twiddling my thumbs watching you make an ass of yourself. Right. And people are also like blaming this on the Democrats. I'm like, the shutdown started under a Republican. He said, right. like, well, I don't understand this weird time warp where it's like, there's video footage of him saying, I will take the blame. Yeah. I will not There's blame you for this. There's also video footage of him saying that he was going to build the wall and that Mexico was going to pay for it. And now... The bronze buffoon is saying, I never said that. The names return. Hey, I was we're waiting back. For it. I, you know, <laughs> it had been a while. I've been gone Happy for New a minute, Year. but we now I'm here. We've, we've actually been really good about not venting about the tangerine tyrant. Yes. So, yeah. It's okay. But, yeah. He just pissed me off. That's all. It's crazy. And it um, sure is. look, I was listening to New York Times, uh, The Daily, and they interviewed a sheriff down in Arizona, and he made some pretty good points about Donald Trump and the wall. And that is, and it's the it's the stance that Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer have taken: border security, not a wall. If you want to take one point three million dollars that we're offering you to make sure that you have more guards or that you can make sure that there's no human trafficking because the sheriff was like, you don't know the bodies I find. But it's not because that has nothing to do with rapists and murderers coming into our country. That has everything to do with people fleeing economic terror and trying to get to the country and perishing in the desert. Like, so if you want to fund like medics or like some caseworkers to speed up the asylum process, you know, have at it. I think we're all in agreement with that. I think that's why Pelosi and Schumer are trying to give you this money to do that. So I'm sorry that's my rant and that's You know, you know what's funny? Have you all seen the Cards Against Humanity Saves America campaign? They've been sending out those letters, yeah. And so one of the things that they're trying to do is buy a piece of property that's right on the border to disrupt any border any border wall building. So there will just be a hole. Right in the middle of the wall. <laughs> oh, Could you imagine an unofficial port of entry? Like, hey, party time. Via Cards Against Humanity. I'm right. Dead. Oh. oh my God. Amazing. By now, 
we have talked about the Kevin Hart situation at least twice. Last week and the week before. The story was developing, and while some of you out there are pretty much tired of hearing about it, there have been some interesting developments in the story, which I believe are kind of important to mention. So to recap, Kevin Hart was supposed to host the Oscars, but then someone found old homophobic tweets of his from 10 years ago. Kevin says he apologized when he actually just said that he wouldn't make homophobic jokes again moving forward because this world has become, quote unquote, too sensitive. As the rediscovered tweets caused controversy, and as time continued to move forward, the fire began to grow out of control. Later on, Ellen invited Kevin onto her talk show to talk about the whole thing. Ellen had the same role in getting Kevin the gig, or something I can't remember at this point. Anyway, after his appearance on Ellen, many in the world felt that because Kevin had apologized, he hadn't, and even went as far as to being on Ellen's show, anybody who couldn't simply accept the apology and move on had personal issues, and that was their problem. However, Ellen does not speak for queer people of color. She and, does not. And she certainly... She's not the president of gay people. She is not. We have not elected her. No. Uh, she certainly does not speak for the black queer gay boys that are affected by Kevin Hart's jokes, quote unquote. So in the spirit of viewing the world through the lens of a queer person of color, I want to open up a discussion about allyship and how much credibility allyship holds in arenas that have to do with queer people of color issues. Yeah. Who wants to go first? Because I've got something to say on that. I feel like I just ranted about border security. So. You know what? There was um, um, uh, a discussion. This this discussion actually happening with the NFL, too. Um, I it, This video just popped up on my, my Twitter feed and I, for, I forget who he is, but he's he's a, a sports reporter. And he was an, a perfect example of what allyship looks like because he was talking about how disproportionately black coaches are not hired by the NFL and how there's a responsibility to hire more black coaches. And I was just like, wow, like th- like he was taking ownership of having white privilege on camera and he just spoke really really beautifully. I'll try to 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 pull it up and put it in the show notes. Yeah. Uh and I was just like this this is how you do it. You take ownership of the situation mm-hmm. and you talk about we need to address this. Let's come up with solutions. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Without saying, without trying to, without doing it in a way that's self-aggrandizing. Yeah, and with Ellen, it's almost like she kind of was the one that blessed Kevin to go forth and be great. Like, right. but let's not forget that the jokes that Kevin was making were impact and still impact. Oh God, I've been arguing with people on Twitter about this. It's so frustrating just thinking about it. But one person came back and was like. Can you prove any deaths that have come from Kevin's jokes? Oh, girl. Girl. That's like, not the point. And even if I can't find an actual death that happened from Kevin's joke, the types of jokes are the ones that are setting the playing field for these little gay boys in the black community that have to deal with the toxic masculinity that gathers in the sunroom during Thanksgiving or the holidays when the men break off from the women and they start drinking their cognac from JJ's trunk in the car. Not the cognac and, from JJ's trunk. And they start Jesus. talking about this and that about the gays and you have to sit there and obviously this is very personal to me but it is also the experience of so many other little gay boys out there. And so when Kevin Hart says what he said, it it does impact other kids out there. Yeah. And I said this in a video that I made earlier. You and I have already gone through that. People that are older than I have already gone through that. The youth don't need to go through that. It is fucking 2019 already. We don't need to go through that. Kevin Hart doesn't need to say that kind of bullshit. And Ellen, of all people, is not the one to sign off on it. Sorry, I had a Whoopi Goldberg moment. Ooh. I mean, I was here for wrong. every single word. I mean, Jonathan, like, I remember when we were first discussing this story and you were talking about, you know, that this is Ellen signing off and excusing the behavior to a group that she is not a part of, mm-hmm. you know? And I remember that um, Sandra O's speech during the Golden Globes last weekend in which 
she she made a joke about how oh I forget exactly but she said something effective this is like the the most like Asian actors we've had in roles since Aloha and Ghost in the Shell and then Emma Stone who famously played a half Vietnamese character in Aloha shouted from the corner like I'm sorry well I don't want to assign who this reporter is, but there's a writer for CNN named Lisa Respers France. And she could be similar to me in the sense that I don't look Filipino and maybe she is, but to me, she doesn't look like a member of the Asian community. And I know that that's making a huge assumption. But when I read this article, um, she essentially said that like, like, Emma Stone apologized uh, for this role again by saying, I'm sorry. And essentially like, we're all here for it. And that we all forgive you, Emma. It's all cool again. You're great. And I'm like, but who- Lisa, who are you? Yeah. Who's we Lisa? Are you, are you, if you are great, if you're not, don't, don't accept an apology for a group in which you are not a part of that has, that you was not affected. I'm pretty sure I'm just going to go out on a limb as a Blasian who has to deal with people mis ethnicizing me all the time. If that's a word, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that Lisa Respers is not. And even if she is Blasian, if that's a stretch, you know, she doesn't represent the Asian community that is underrepresented in film and media. So she does not have the permission to As accept she, the apology. I'm pretty sure she she does not identify I mean, with that. Even if she was like 100% from the cut Asian, like that doesn't mean that she gets to accept right. the like the apology on behalf of all Asians right. everywhere, right? Like I think that's the other piece. Like we are not a monolith, right? Like no matter what group you belong to, whether you're black, Asian, Latinx, whatever, you can't you can't speak for everybody because everyone's going to have a different reaction to that. And everyone has been impacted in different ways, both seen and unseen. And so I find, I find that whether it's Ellen signing off or whether it's this Lisa woman signing off, I find that to be extremely troubling for all of us. So then like, yeah, what you just said, plus and then the added layer of someone else, like, because in the pre-show, I did the whole ABC thing. Like, I think we're really trying to be super careful about how we talk about this reporter. But yeah, yeah, it it's just crazy that a third entity steps in the middle and does the apologizing for the entity that may or may not be offended by something that the first entity said. Without fully understanding their position... In the entire conversation. Right. The middle one, not so Ellen not understanding. Exactly. Like, like Ellen, sure, you know, as, as a, a, a lesbian who came out early on, in, like in the 90s, you know, amazing leadership, whatever. But she does not understand the nuance of what it is to be a queer person of color. And maybe she recognizes that because I think part of my issue is the reaction from the people who are now saying, Kevin even went on Ellen's show. What is wrong with you? Why can't you accept it? Who the fuck cares about Ellen? Right. It's not It's not about... White women. Exactly. Yeah. Like, it's not about Kevin Hart going on Ellen. It's about... Kevin Hart's actually taking responsibility for what he did. And no one's expecting him to start advocacy organizations supporting oh, he said queer he wouldn't youth do of it. color. He talked to Don Lemon and he said he's not going to be an ally. So there you go. Right. So like, you know, that, I mean, Kevin Hart is canceled 100% over and done. Canceled. But as far as allyship goes, if you are if you are listening and consider yourself an ally either as a white queer person listening to this show trying to to learn more to be a better ally or as a straight person listening to this show trying to be a better ally your responsibility is not to speak on our behalf your responsibility is usually to sit back and listen yes and receive and when we are not present in the room, shut the conversation down to your friends. Because 
we all have to be very careful to not speak for other people's experiences when we have not touched those experiences. And definitely not to those people. You might want to do that with your little friends, but you're not, you should not and do not need to do it to the people. But not today, Satan. No. I I think that it's, it's interesting that in 2019, we are looking to Don Lemon. What? As a source, and you know what? Listen. With that, y'all, and Anna Navarro. In, before we get into that, <laughs> we're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, we're gonna dive into some listener mail. Well, we hope you you enjoyed your quick break. I, I know I did. My, I had to go I'm to the refreshed. powder room. I had to go powder my nose. But now we are refreshed and ready to take on our final topic today, which is uh, actually something that's brought to us via some listener mail. Yes. And I just want to encourage all of our listeners out there. If you have something to say, if your name is Jasmine Masters and you have something to say. Or if it's not. Or if it's not Jasmine Masters and you still have something to say. If you have a word in your heart or your spirit. Uh, you can feel free to get at us. There's a number of ways that you can contact us. A myriad. Uh, probably one of the best ways is sending an email to ask at thiscupoc.life. Mm-hmm. You can also check us out on our Facebook group and post a discussion topic. You can jump into our DMs on mm-hmm. Twitter, either through the show at This Cupoc Life or at right each of our individual DMs. handles. <laughs> I accept, well, what about the letter? <laughs> I, I accept letters via DMs. I also accept body part pics. Like we can talk about it. It depends. So, at any rate, <laughs> cash at me. You can also okay, yes, please. <laughs> My demo uh, is You can also Huh? You can, you can also, also <laughs> find us we're also on Instagram and remember we've got this Discord channel. Yes. So please Discord with no H. Yeah, Discord with zero H Never because had I H. can't spell. <laughs> so yeah. You're thinking of a different kind of chord. Uh, and you can also send us if you're an Anchor listener, you can send us um feedback a via, via Anchor. Yes. So again, there's a lot of ways and we'd love to interact with you. So we'll be the first person to do it on Anchor. We want to put your voice on here. Thank mm-hmm. you. Please do. So this week we have a letter, a piece of listener mail coming to us from david in nashville tennessee the tn honey the nash vegas thank you david's letter reads dear this cupoc life do you find that we are sometimes harder on ourselves and our community than those we call our adversaries Hmm. do we follow and practice the same tolerance and acceptance of each other that we don't expect to receive as a gay man who has always been attracted to opposite races am i accepted as much as i myself accept others why is there a difference in response to the same comment or joke? Should it matter who the joke com- or comment comes from if it is not said in anger or hate? I don't understand why a simple joke can't be a joke, an opinion, a simple opinion, or a gay man simply be a gay man. Why do whites have to act like whites, Latinos act like Latinos, Asians act like Asians, or men of color act like men of color? Who cares? As long as there is love, what difference does it make? Thank you for allowing me to share my thoughts. Signed, David, Nashville, Tennessee. There's a lot there is to unpack. A lot to unpack. There's a lot. Unpacking. But we thank you for listening. Thank yes, you. Thank, thank you, you dear listening. listener. And for being honest and open about it. Yes. Yes. But there's a lot to unpack. There is there is quite a bit to unpack here. I would say that this this conversation sort of ties into what we were just speaking about, which is um, number one, like we like we say all the time, being mindful not to make assumptions mm-hmm. about other people, and also <laughs> re- that's a different issue, Zach. Altogether, I'm I went not... into the palm of yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, being careful not to make assumptions about other people, but also making room for the experiences of other people that we have not shared. Mm-hmm. Yes, and. As as far I don't think anybody has to act in any particular way. And I feel like for for at least for actually for everybody at this table, we think of how people expect our whatever ethnic group they might assign us by looking at us, by to behave in a particular way. Right. And, and doubly quadruply so 
in places like Nashville that exactly. are not New York City. Exactly. So, uh, and, and none of us behave in the way that the stereotypes are portrayed, right. I would say. Especially here on this QPOC Life where you listen to us and we truly represent QPOCness. We're not, we talk about a lot of black issues, mm-hmm. but we're not just black. Um, or we've done Latinx month or we do Asian Pacific Heritage Month. Mm-hmm. We're truly a melting pot. And we talk of... shit about a lot of people, but that's only because <laughs> I'm in the room and it's okay. Because I'm part white. But like so in this letter, right? But what about the what are what are we what are we drawing from this? It I'm gonna be honest with David. It sounds like David is asking or at least pushing the narrative of like I don't see color. Yeah. Um and again, we thank you for listening, but I know I can't speak for the rest of my colleagues here. I totally <laughs> push back against that type, this type of thinking of like not acknowledging the idea of or the concept of punching up and punching down. Right. You you mentioned jokes. Why can't a joke just be a joke? Uh, if it's not said in hate, uh, then why can't we just say whatever joke? Right. Like. This is making me think that the, I don't know if David's black or white or whatever in Nashville, mm-hmm. but I'm thinking like uh, just this idea of why can't a joke just be a joke? What I'm what I feel like is that we're living in an age where more than ever before words matter, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Because we're communicating with words on all of our social media platforms. Even if you're on Instagram, you're writing out what's happening in your picture, mm-hmm. right? So. It's it's understanding that language has power and words do have meaning and they carry weight. And I think that part of the thing is that a joke is not just a simple joke anymore. Case in point, we just talked about Mr. Kevin Hart, right? What we have to understand is that we don't know how the things that we say are going to affect somebody based on what their experiences have been and understanding that we're not going to get it right all the time and that we're going to trip up. And everybody has different experiences. Exactly. And For instance, he's, the, uh, he says, I don't understand why a simple joke can't be a joke. An opinion can't be a simple opinion or a gay man simply be a gay man. Well, what is a simple gay man? Like, what is a gay man? I I think that, that David... And I understand that making presumption assumptions is, makes an ass out of both of parties. But I think David is speaking from a perspective of someone from a different generation. And I've noticed this a lot with some of my friends who were there at a time when you identified as either gay or straight. Mm-hmm. And so there, it comes to a point now where all those people that you grew up with who weren't straight and just identified as gay. They were always non-binary. They were always trans. They were always pansexual, but they didn't have the language and the word to get behind it. And it was too dangerous for them to do that. Yes. Now more and more people are coming to these realizations through the access of the internet and knowledge and communities that they can build with like-minded people from afar. So they've always been there you have to understand that there is space at the table for everyone, David. You just have to make the table bigger. And the table is big enough. 88% of Republican representation in political office is by 50-year-old and above white men. There's plenty of room at that table. They need to leave. You don't need, you don't need to, as Jonathan pointed out, you don't need to punch down to anyone who identifies as trans or pan or A or any of those letters. It's fine. Don't worry about them. And also, to your point about feeling like you are discriminated against as a person who is attracted to someone of an opposite race, people will crack jokes. Whether you are a white person who has you know, loves a certain group, which actually that can be problematic. But if you are a, if you are, you know, a black individual and you only date white guys, people will crack jokes, but they crack jokes if you are straight too. Don't worry about that. And what's important is that you love who you love, but also at the same time, don't love that person because you think that they are inherently more beautiful than someone who identifies as the same ethnicity or race that you do. So that's that's layered as well. But David, at the end of the day, 
um i don't know well i'll i'll take this to a, a personal story going back to language right it wasn't until someone introduced me to the idea of using they as a pronoun mm-hmm. for themselves that suddenly everything clicked for me and i said holy shit that's me and that cuz because before that I identified as a gay man. Mm-hmm. And now I identify as someone who is non-binary and queer. Because now that I understand gender gender as a spectrum, and I think about the, the possibility even of having the relationship of someone who's a trans man. And... I do I would I absolutely find trans men attractive mm-hmm. because I am attracted t- toward the masculine end of the spectrum but you know at the same time I also I also find people who are male bodied but maybe a little femme presenting and I can find that very attractive too and so it's just sort of opened up a world mm-hmm. of possibilities and it's given me the permission to evolve right and I think that what happens a lot is that you have some folks, at least in my experience, I have encountered people who feel like that they don't need to keep on changing because they've experienced this and they've gone through that. And I've said this before on the podcast, but we, it's, we, when, especially now, that communication is so open. You need to continuously be doing the homework Mm -hmm. because when you stop doing the homework is the moment you've checked out of the community and you've checked out of helping us continue to move forward. And I think that we need to give people permission and we need to give ourselves permission to be as complicated and messy and, and, bizarre as we can possibly be and embrace all of that and sometimes that means you're going to rub somebody the wrong way sometimes a joke that you crack or or an opinion that you have is gonna is gonna rub someone the wrong way and i mean all of us in this room and i i was an example of this earlier apologizing to our trans listeners Mm -hmm. where you have to be ready to take ownership of the things that you say and the things that you do because you might make someone else feel invisible or less than. And that is not the objective because we want to operate from a place of love mm. and equity. Jojo, to your point, when when you were talking about that, it popped into my head, your words. It reminded me of, and this doesn't happen often, but a David Bowie lyric. <laughs> it's turn and face the change, ch-ch-changes. Because this is this is something that has always happened. Mm-hmm. It is a natural progression. Look to the youth and look to the children. Look to the new generations that are coming up. Because they are the ones who are building upon the knowledge that we have all learned mm-hmm. and taking it to a, a betterment of humanity. Yeah. So, David, just look to the kids. I believe the children are the future. Teach them well. We love you, though. No, I genuinely, yeah. I, I think that it's incredible that, like, it takes a lot of gumption to be able to send in that letter and and uh, you know and want to learn. Yes. And so I hope that like any of the answers that we provided, you know, while we are discussing topics that are very personal that can be very hurtful with a lot of baggage, you know, I hope that like we answered something and and you can go forth David and ask more. Continue to slay. Come on, David from Nashville. <laughs> Wait, what would you call it? The Nash Vegas. Ooh. (laughs) So let's take this party on home. We'll be right back. All right, so it is time for us to head on out of here. Oh, we need to get them chicken wings. To get mm. on home. Be- those keto-friendly chicken wings Thank are you. calling Carlos's Ooh. name. My tummy is rumbling. So we um, we are very thankful for all of you. We are very thankful to have our first ever 
ever listener letter. Thank you again, David, for writing us. It only took a year and a half. It all, you know, it's been 84 <laughs> years. <laughs> um, but uh, please keep this conversation going. Talk to us on social media, in our inboxes. Our social media handles are in the, the show notes and our website is in the show notes. Make sure you're talking to us. With that, I'm Joe Lee. I'm Carlos. I'm Zach. I'm Jonathan. And this was This Cupac Live. This Cupac Live. This episode of This QPOC Life was recorded at Brick Arts Media in downtown Brooklyn, New York. Remember, you can talk to us at This QPOC Life on social media and our website, www.thiscupoc.life. You can also email us at A-S-K, that's ask, at thiscupoc.life. If you enjoyed the episode, please share us with your friends and rate us on Apple Podcast and Facebook. Thank you for being a part of This QPOC family.